0: Lastly, we have the resurrection of the wicked dead. And uh, I know we, we hesitate to look at our, uh, our friends and relatives who are perishing without the Lord as wicked, but this is how scripture refers to them, and uh, we have to understand it as the offense not against us, but the offense against God. Uh, and unbelief is an offense. Failing to recognize God for who he is, uh, is sin. So in Revelation 25a, uh, we have noted for us that the timing of the second resurrection comes at the end of the thousand years. So the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were completed. Uh, So what happens with those? uh, For them, their destiny is here at what's called the great white throne. And it's from here that Christ judges the wicked dead. It says, then I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it, for those are for whose from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. So this for us is rather harrowing because they are judged on their works. And uh, we know from Isaiah 65, again, we just were looking at Isaiah 65. But earlier on in that passage, it says that even the works of the righteous are filthy uh, rags before the Lord. And what that means is that uh, short of doing something, even as Christians, short of doing something in the will of God, uh, resting and abiding in God, if we do something selfishly, if we do something um, not in God's will as the church, even those... um, Are filthy rags, if we do something benevolent, but with a selfish intention, if we do something outside of bringing glory to God, uh, those works are not counted positively towards us in in the Bema Seat judgment, which we are going to. So it's especially uh, damning for them when, at the great white throne judgment, they are judged based on their works. Uh, we are judged based on Christ's works. And that, that is the difference, and that is the only way that we attain salvation is on the work of Christ on the cross. Uh, through his death and resurrection, there is no other basis for our salvation. So for them, when they're judged based on their deeds, there will not be one deed found um, to their account because none of these deeds will have been done um, in Christ. And those are the only deeds that count. Um, So their their damnation here will be justified. So it says, uh, and the sea gave up the dead, which were in it, and the death, and death and Hades gave up the dead, which were in them. And they were judged, every one of them according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Uh, So this is Revelation 20, 13 to 15, after um, Satan himself is cast into the lake of fire. Those who have not trusted Christ for their salvation um, will also share in that judgment because they're judged based on their works and not Christ's. Revelation 21, 8, uh, but for the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, Their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So here we have for us what is the second death, and that is the judgment of the wicked dead, uh, which is eternal conscious punishment in the lake of fire. But for us, um, we do have a glorious hope. Even after the the kingdom where Christ will reign for a thousand years uh, with a rod of iron, Uh, we then have the eternal state where all have attained uh, resurrection bodies on the basis of Christ's work on the cross. So Revelation 21, 1 through 4, we have the revelation of the new heavens and the new earth. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, and I think this is this is the greatest hope that we can hold on to, uh, eternity in the presence of God, that death for Adam was that separation from God where he could no longer be in the presence of God. And since then, even Moses, um, who, who did get to speak with God and who heard the voice of God, uh, even he, when God had to hide him in the cleft of a rock and pass by him um, so that Moses could only see the remaining glory that was left by God and it's called, he calls it his hinder parts, Uh, but he could not be in the presence of God for the sin in us would kill us in the presence of God. Uh, But sin being removed, um, us being justified by the blood of Christ, uh, we will again be present with God just as Adam was before the fall. And he who sits on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. And he said, right, for these words are faithful and true. And remember, faithful and true, that's Christ's new name um, at the return of Christ at the end of Revelation. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. He who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. And uh, we've seen this language, he who overcomes, that's all who have overcome in Christ. All right, so we've gone through our timeline here. We've got the resurrection of Christ and the first fruits offering. We've got the church age, which is an undefined period of time between Pentecost and the rapture. And during this time, Christ is uh, has sown and is going to harvest a special crop here. Um, at that point, the dead and the living in Christ will be resurrected uh, to be present with the Lord uh, and uh, to enter into the marriage supper of the Lamb with Christ. Uh, during that time will be the tribulation on the earth where, uh, where Christ's... Uh, judges the earth righteously uh, for their wicked deeds. Then the Old Testament saints and the tribulation martyrs will be resurrected for the kingdom program, which will last a thousand years after which Christ will finally put death, uh, the last enemy under his feet and the wicked dead will be judged and all things will be made new. And here's my uh, very wacky early 2000s graphic of uh, what we see in the timeline of the resurrection program. So uh, over here, we've got the church, the dead in Christ, and and those raptured, the living in Christ. They will take part in the marriage feast of the Lamb. Uh, During the tribulation, there will be two witnesses uh, resurrected. After the tribulation, the Old Testament saints and the tribulation martyrs will be resurrected. They will enter into the kingdom, which is on earth, as well as the church. Uh, Living believers at the end of the tribulation will enter the kingdom. Living unbelievers uh, will be um, killed in battle. At the end of the millennium kingdom, uh, millennial unbelievers, actually during the millennial kingdom, millennial unbelievers will die and uh, enter into, again, this wicked dead that is uh, being prepared for the last judgment uh, at the great white throne judgment. That time the earth will pass away, no place being found for it, and the eternal state where all things are made new and the new heavens and the new earth. Uh, and that'll be Revelation 21 through 22. So you can see probably why we uh, took some time to do this now, uh, because a lot of this happens between Revelation 19 and 22. So we kind of want to all be on the same page as we're moving forward, uh, in how we can understand uh, not only our destiny but God's plan, because God has given us Scripture um, as a revelation of Himself, and we want to understand Him as fully as He has given us to understand Him. So that ultimately is our goal, and that glorifies God when we understand who He is. And uh, uh, just as just as we see God's great power. Um, and great love um, in in the judgment of the flood. Um, So we see the same in the judgment um, through fire at the end of time, where he will save his church. He will save those who have believed in him. But unfortunately, the the judgment of the wicked dead will be justified. And uh, with that, we are at the end of our presentation. All right, you guys really stuck with it there. <laughs> that is some amazing stuff to ponder. Isn't it? I know I've I, I, I think I've texted Sherry probably 10 times this week, telling her how excited I am for this. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it, it was uh, it was definitely edifying to go through and study all this out. I think I told you guys I was asleep for most of my eschatology classes. and. Um, So a lot of this I I knew fuzzily, but now I'm greatly encouraged by by the word of God here. Wow. I just feel like I have so much to study. There's a lot here. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's why I love your guys' questions. Uh, Helps me realize just how much I don't know. (laughs) Wow.
1: I think even thinking about... um, that believers after us won't be part of the bride of Christ. I had never mm-hmm. thought about. It. I just never made that distinction.
0: Yeah, and so it, it all has to do was... with yeah, it, it all has to do with the Holy Spirit. That uh, the church is a unique body indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And When the Holy Spirit is removed um, in the rapture, uh, He'll still be working on this earth. he won't be indwelling believers and that's our special helper that christ sent at pentecost and will be removed in the rapture so they they return to the same manner of salvation always on the same foundation from adam uh, up to uh, the last believer in the millennial kingdom Uh, it's always on the foundation of christ's death and resurrection but um yeah Okay, so I got a question here. So are there followers during the tribulation that just don't have the Holy Spirit? Can you show me the verse section related to the Holy Spirit leaving? Yeah, the Holy Spirit leaving is in um, 2 Thessalonians 2, 4 through 10. Uh, That's the restrainer being taken away. Uh, And it's not necessarily leaving so much as ending its current uh, duty on earth, where Christ sent the, uh, the Holy Spirit as a helper to the church. And that's, uh, that's a unique uh, gift to the church. Prior to the church, prior to Pentecost, uh, there was still salvation, obviously. Uh, and it was without the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But we do see in the Old Testament uh, unique situations where the Spirit of God would come upon someone. Uh, Like, for example, David in uh, 2 Samuel or 1 Samuel, uh, the Holy Spirit comes upon David, um, but it was not a permanent uh, indwelling of the Holy Spirit that is unique to the church. So another way that we understand it is the removal of the church constitutes the removal as well of the Holy Spirit from that function. Uh, So People during the tribulation will still have the Holy Spirit interacting um, on the earth, but it won't have the internal conviction of the Holy Spirit um, leading us on to good works and um, growth in Christ. And again, um, the brevity of that time period. Yeah, I know you, you can't even imagine that. Uh, <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing is uh, it's going to be a time that's very difficult even for believers. Uh, The Holy Spirit really is a helper for us, I would say mostly uh, for encouragement uh, within ourselves, but really the Holy Spirit is that which leads us um, to Christ likeness um, as believers as we become sanctified uh, in our growing understanding of who God is and who Christ is, uh, It's the Holy Spirit that leads us on in that understanding and that growth. Um, During the seven-year tribulation, there is going to be enough present around them uh, that God's presence won't necessarily be uh, hidden from them. Uh, They'll be seeing his wrath uh, poured out on the world. Uh, So although it is something that uh, they would do better with, it's really a helper for us in times of ease. So that uh, we don't become too complacent, the Holy Spirit will grab a hold of us and shake us awake and say, Your life's getting too easy. Uh, you, you need to be contending um, for your faith here. Uh, I think, in uh, I don't remember which epistle it is, but Paul at one point says, uh, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For us as Christians in the church age, where things are relatively easy for a lot of us. Um, it's easy to forget who God is, forget um, the amazing gift of Christ. Um, and that's what the Holy Spirit convicts us and reminds us of constantly. Um, so he's, he's a gift to us so that we can endure long lives. Um, those during the tribulation, although they, they would benefit from the Holy Spirit, they're going to be under such persecution um, that I, I don't think they'll have much trouble forgetting that God exists. hope that answers that question. That's that's my personal conviction on the the justification of removing the Holy Spirit for the last seven years. But uh, in order to need to justify it, uh, we would then need to justify the fact that it was not present for the first 4,000 years of history. Um, And I don't think that needs any justification either. It was a special gift to the church. It was a privilege. not not something that believers deserve necessarily. In fact, nothing that we have, we deserve. Uh, So so. it kind of makes sense because we're not seeing anything externally. They will be seeing, yeah, they will be seeing for sure. Uh, We're gonna look at uh, 21 specific judgments of God that they'll be seeing. And just like the judgments on the Egyptians were used as um, first as a polemic against the gods of Egypt, Uh, but they were signs to the Pharaoh uh, that he would see God's power and believe in him. um, And he hardened his heart. It'll have the same function during the tribulation period, but rather than 10 judgments, they're getting 21. And rather than localized judgments in the area of Egypt, it's going to be global judgment. Uh, So yeah, uh, they will be seeing externally. And uh, that's another reason why I think uh, we ought to take the book of Revelation literally. Um, first, all prophecy that has already been fulfilled was fulfilled literally. Um, if God were to begin fulfilling prophecy allegorically, um, he would be uh, changing the way he's done things since the beginning. Uh, but also, it makes sense. Um, he did the same thing with Egypt. It's just hard for us to believe. And that's, that's uh, what my professor for Revelation always says is, Revelation isn't hard to understand. It's hard to believe um so uh yeah a lot of this would be hard to believe um and that's i think why we always have to look back at the resurrection of christ is just as we believe surely that christ resurrected so we can believe all of his other promises well thanks for the study yeah thank you guys for coming and uh thank you almost three hours you guys <laughs> surprised everyone's awake still. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: <he's> not awake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but <he's laughs> right. let's, uh,
0: let's close in prayer if anyone's uh still oh. wanting to. Sherry, who was oh, gonna yeah. do the closing prayer? God, I pray will. Pray. Okay. All
1: right. Lord God, we just thank you so much for your word and we thank you for your um instruction and your interpretation and your holy spirit to lead us and guide us we thank you that you are using pain to um reveal and open up your word to us and and all the study and the time we just ask you right now lord that you would help it um be in our hearts and our minds and that we would um help digest and and understand what's happening around us in this world and, and that we would be a light and a witness and an encouragement to other believers and to draw others to do not know you. So Lord, we even lift up all our family members and friends who don't know you right now and we ask for opportunities and for salvations to be seen in this short time that we have left. And we just ask your blessing, to everybody, in the study and for good rest and health in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.
0: Okay.